Last week we were talking about uh, community, we are talking about shaping our community and being a witness wherever we are, and today we're going to talk about living that out, living that calling out. We've been doing a lot of discussions when it comes to um, community, and the reason for that is uh, I believe the church has been divided over the past, you know, even, even four, four years um, in, on different areas, and as much as we all have our own opinions and as much as we all feel strongly about certain things, we must remain a community and we can't be divided when we're moving forward, especially when we're doing ministry. Because people's lives, spiritual lives are at risk, not only that. And, and, and the reason why I have an, a mindset like this, one thing is that it's scriptural, but also I deal with a regular occurring um, problems within our community when it comes to drug overdoses within the past few days I've been to, I can't even count how many drug overdoses um, that we've been dealing with and bringing people back and trying to talk with them and there's a there are people hurting out there and when we as a community of Christians whether and I mean we I talk about the global but also uh, within our church as well when we are not unified when it comes to what Jesus Christ wants people fall through the cracks and I don't like it and so I really want us to think about what community is and, and take that and run with it and work on ourselves and wherever we are within uh, our circle of influence, whether it's work or school, you have influence. No matter what your age is, you can have influence uh, for Jesus Christ. And so I want to read this scripture to you this morning in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 to 32. It goes like this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Now, um, when we read this scripture, we look at it and we go, well, I'm not bitter. I don't rage. I'm not angry all the time. Uh, but is, sometimes those things can be kind of under the radar. They can be, you know, in there, and, 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 and it's part of life. Yeah, I'm not a brawler. Anybody here go out brawling this weekend? It felt like, hey, I'm going to just brawl. Be fun. Uh, but we can slander. We can slander, and that one's easy. We don't have enough information on somebody, so we make it up, and then we talk about them, and then that spreads. I mean, there's so much going on there. Um, but it says be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. And that really is the line right there. Be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Do we have that type of Christ-like forgiveness? And it's difficult. It's difficult. You know why? Because people are difficult. You are difficult. I am difficult. We are all difficult. Um, but we really need to be better. You know, And, and I know that sounds kind of like, you know, well, you know, I'm trying. We just need to. It's, it's important. In a world that's full of uh, facades and superficiality, the Christian community is called to embody a different kind of optics um, or reputation. We have to have a different reputation. And I, I really, truly believe, you know, um, that the, the Christian church in general, universally, has... Um, made some big mistakes uh, over the past years, but even before that. And how do we address that? How do we cut through all the noise that's difficult? Well, there is one way. We reflect Christ's love. We reflect his mercy and his kindness. And he calls us to do that. And this calling challenges us to rise above our natural, um, you know, inclinations 
towards bitterness, uh, towards anger, malice, um, and, 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 it, and it helps us turn to embrace a life that's characterized by forgiveness, by compassion, and integrity. In talking with the, um, the builders and uh, the, the people involved that I'm talking with right now for our church project, um, you know, he's mentioned, he's dealt with pastors before, and he goes, in, and they've, their, their word was not their word. And he goes, so, you know, um, th- and, and, and that bothered me. Because shouldn't, shouldn't it be? Our word be our word. And we've had some really good actual conversations um, about that. And uh, we've got along really well. And the interesting thing is, is that um, we're not letting those previous issues get in the way of our relationship as we discuss what we want to do. And obviously, when you get involved in contracts and all that kind of stuff, there's lawyers involved and you have to have that. But when, when we say something as Christians, it should mean what we mean. Say what we say and mean it. Um, and that's not out there a lot. It's not out there a lot. And, and, and even within my own peers, it's not as much as it should be. And when you get sidelined by someone who should have integrity, uh, it's, it's, it's an awakening. And it's sad. Um, but these challenges are there. And we need to have compassion. We need to have that integrity. So it calls us to rise above that. And so looking at this scripture this morning, I've kind of come up with three ways in which the church can live it out. Uh, live this calling, uh, reflecting Jesus to one another and to the world that's around us. And, and, and I believe, honestly, I believe we all want to do that. I believe we try. I believe as a church, Westman's itself does. We do a lot of work in the community. Sometimes it's the interaction with each other that needs a little work. Um, sometimes it's our own personal stuff that gets in the way. Um, but... There has to be grace given for that as well as, you know, for ourselves and for others. And so we we need to have a balance. So I want to challenge you this morning. um, A way to live this calling out would be to be authentic. Um, Not worldly authentic, you know, because that's, that's a loaded definition when the world says what's authentic. But if we want to be authentic, we need to live according to how God sees us. Not how necessarily we see ourselves. We want to live that out, the way he made us. We're to be true to the original, true to the original, or how and who God made us to be. And sometimes that seems like it's far off in the distance. We're not quite where we need to be, but we need to be true to that. And our society often encourages us to project an image that does not reflect our true selves. Whether it's social media profiles, uh, you know, you that are, that are on the social media uh, platforms, um, or the masks that we wear in public, how we try to present ourselves, um, there's this underlying pressure to conform to some specific standard, um, even if it doesn't align with our inner values, because we don't want to seem different. We don't seem, um, we want to fit in. And this disconnect between our public image and our private reality can lead to a type of hypocrisy that can send us into a spiral. And as believers of Christ, uh, we're called to rise above that. We're, We're called to be better than that. And we're called to embrace this life of being authentic. 
Um, our obsession with appearances can lead to superficial living, uh, where external validation becomes more of an important thing. It becomes more crucial. It becomes more of a truth that we seek than anything else. And when we're not being, uh, uh, when we're not being authentic, it only harms our personal integrity with others, our reputation. And it tarnishes who Jesus Christ is because we are to be that example. And if we're not being that example, people go, if that's who Jesus is, I don't want to be that. You want others to go, that person is who Jesus, he reflects you, and that's he, she, and that's who I want to be like. There's something different there. And so embracing that authenticity means being courageous enough to deal with your true self the way that God intended. And that requires self-examination. I don't know if you like doing self-examination, but it can be difficult. When you think about, okay, how, where am I struggling? How can I, you have to be real with yourself. And sometimes we even trick ourselves into thinking that we're not doing those things we shouldn't be doing. We, we, we lie to ourselves. Well, this, this is an authentic self-examination. It's also an acceptance, an acceptance of our flaws and our faults to come to that uh, realization that we need to work on some things. And it's a, and it's a call to a, a, a commitment to live consistently with our faith. Self-examination is difficult. It's very difficult. We don't like doing it. It requires us to grow. Uh, it requires us to be honest with ourselves, and many of us don't want to do that because it's difficult. And it's not just about being real. It's about aligning ourselves with Jesus Christ, with our faith in Him, with our lives, our words, our actions, and our attitudes. And they should reflect His love. So how do we become more authentic? Well, we take time to evaluate. Take time to... Um, evaluate how we are acting, what we are saying, um, our motives, the things behind us that um, we struggle with. Like, why are we doing what we're doing? Are we consistent in our faith with Jesus Christ? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those things that we need to work on. What, what are those areas in our lives that we need to be working on that we might be compromising in areas? And then come around and, and, and uh, have trusted people that you can share these things with and discuss and, and they can help you in your growth and your journey along the way. But we want to reflect Jesus in all we do. And that's difficult. But if we're self-aware enough, we'll be able to do that. If we're, if we're constantly working on our character, on our motives, on our attitude, how we think, how we process things, and if we're putting godly values first, it will become natural eventually. But if we're not doing it on a regular basis, it's not going to happen. So it's not just about being true to ourselves, because you'll hear that a lot. Well, my truth is this. And it's like, oh, if I, man, a lot of that drives me crazy. When people say, well, this is my truth. Well, guess what? Your truth could be wrong. Right? It's not about your truth. It's about the truth. And we struggle with that. We struggle with that. Because a lot of times when someone says, well, this is my truth, it's actually just how they feel. It's about a feeling. It's not necessarily about the truth. And we've got to be very careful. I'm not saying that every time it's that way, but we need to be very careful when we say these things, what we're meaning and why we're meaning it. So it's not just about being our true selves, it's, but it's being 
um, true to who Jesus Christ is in that example. And so we want that to come in, and, and we, want, um, we want that authenticity to infiltrate our hearts so that others can see what it is. The second uh, way uh, in which we can live out our calling uh, is by being different. Being different. And now, many of you are very different, but we want to be just different. It's okay to be different. That's all right. That's what makes us very creative and, and all sorts of stuff. But I'm talking about, it, it's not simply about a whole bunch of people um, gathering like-minded individuals, but it's about being united in the body of Jesus Christ. It's a distinct way that we relate to one another. It mirrors Christ's love, his forgiveness and kindness. Um, a common mindset in our world today is to be self-centered. They, they look out for number one, how do you feel? It's a very ego-driven, very self-driven, but we are called, we are called to worry about others. We are called to be concerned about it. Not at the ex necessarily at the full expense that we are to lay down our lives, but, and we're not to lose ourselves, but at the same time, we are to be sacrificial just as Christ loved the church. What does that look like in your life? Um, in, in this world where bitterness and anger and division is often very uh, evident, how do we build a community that truly reflects who Jesus Christ is, the heart of him, by being different? Um, well, by showing forgiveness, by showing kindness. I know a lot of times in the, on the platform here, I'll say, I, you know, oh, I did this, and you'll have to forgive me because you're a Christian, and it's kind of a joke. It's not actually a joke. I mean, I'm joking about it. Literally, you do have to forgive me. It's biblical, so that's on you. But um, it, it's a thing. He's commanded us to be forgiving. It's a calling. It's not an option for believers of Jesus Christ to be unforgiving. We have to be forgiving. We have to let it go. It's a calling. He's called us to be that way. It's difficult. You will be forgiving one day and then not so much the next when somebody does something to you or irritates you or whatever. It, it, it's, it's reality, but we're being called to do this. It's not an option. It doesn't mean you're going to like everyone, but it does mean we have to forgive. And so just as Christ forgave the church, we need to forgive each other. It goes beyond merely letting go, though. It involves an act of reconciliation. It, it involves an act of reconciliation of kindness, uh, which is difficult, especially when you've been hurt especially when things in your life aren't going well. There's all sorts of stressors in our lives that cause us not to be all that forgiving and all that kind. I joke sometimes with Michelle, there's going to be a time in my life when I get older, I'm going to be that old guy on the porch saying, get off my lawn and your little dog too. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that we need to work on. And, and if we don't work on it, in the end, it, we will become that. And so while we're working on being Christ-like, instead of being bitter, we will, we will move towards a goal that's more Christ-like, and that's what we're trying to get. But unforgiveness and bitterness hinder our ability to love. They do. And again, 
there are many factors in our life, stressors that, that come in that cause us to be that way. But, um, and, and, and that's where the body of Christ comes in to lift each other up, to lift each other up, to um, encourage each other, to bring each other along um, through these difficult times that we all can go through. And anger itself is not, anger itself is not sinful. It's uncontrolled anger that causes the division and the conflict. Have you ever been in a situation where you are so angry, it just fogs your brain up? It just messes with your head. You can't think straight, and all you have is just anger. And that's when it becomes a problem. Because you say things, you act a certain way, you treat others differently when you're in that state. It's easy to do, but it's uncontrolled. That's what causes division. That's what causes conflict within the church, within your relationships. And when we can control that anger and figure out where that's all coming from and treat others with kindness and love, it'll go a long way. So we've got to learn how to deal with, our, with these emotions that, and in a way that will lead us to a way of resolution instead of disunity, a way of peace uh, instead of war. Um, and, and these are the marks that build a community because of forgiveness, because of kindness. And it doesn't happen by accident. We have to do it. We talked in the last few weeks about if you want to be something and you want to, have, you want to be more kind, you want to be more loving, start doing it now even when you don't feel like it. When you want to be more unified, come to the table ready to be Unified. It might not be the way you want it. It might not be the, exactly how you think it should be. But come to the table being ready and have that unity in mind of this is our goal. This is where we want to go. How we get there, whatever. How we get there doesn't matter. But come to the table. If you go to every meeting or every, if you deal with everyone in your life with the idea of being unified, that there won't be a battle, that there won't be an argument, there will be a discussion, you will change how you approach it. When you walk to, the, to that meeting, when you go to that table, when you're on that Zoom meeting in business, whatever you're doing, when you go there with a mindset of anger, guess what comes out of that? Conflict. When you go there with an attitude of unity and making a decision for the best of everyone and not necessarily just your ego, things change to the good. And you will come out with a better result. It's the same in our Christian walk. It's the same how we deal with each other. It's the church in general. If we go to the table ready to discuss and come up with a mutually beneficial decision, that's unity. That's unity. And if you don't get your own way, you get angry, that's disunity. It's not to say that you can't have different opinions. That's where we've run into problems with North American Christianity. Different opinions. So we've got to be careful. It requires intentional effort by being prepared and getting involved. By purposeful action. And ongoing work, ongoing prep, ongoing nurturing of the goal that we're working on, whether it's loving, unity, kindness, whatever that might be. So how are we to become different? Well, are there areas in your life you need to deal with that are in your heart that you may be holding unforgiveness? Pray that God releases that bitterness. Let him, let him work on your heart to let it go and actively seek reconciliation. Now, there are times when you'll have relationships where there's going to be no reconciliation, but if you have worked on your bitterness 
And you've done everything you can do. That's all God was asking you to do. Look for opportunities to show kindness daily instead of get off my lawn. Right? Encourage others. Be there for each other. Build each other up. Reaffirm those around you and celebrate the successes of other people and be happy for them instead of jealous. Lift, up, lift others up. So the church becomes a place where people are drawn to Christ, not just by the way we talk, not just by our words, but our authentic, loving relationship, our example of who we are in everything we do. And the third way the church can live this calling out is by reflecting God's kingdom. Um, the church is not only a community of faith. Okay? It is a microcosm. It is a smaller version of the kingdom of God, of God's kingdom. Like it or lump it, we will spend eternity together. And you're going, really? Can I be on the other side of heaven? The other side of town? But that's the way it's going to be. It's this community of faith, our, it, it, we're, we're meant to be a place of where the principles of God's kingdom, justice, mercy, love, are lived out in tangible ways. The way it was with the disciples in the beginning. And it sets us apart. Um, and it gives an inspiration to others who want to follow Jesus Christ, who don't know but see that example. So how can we, how can we reflect God's kingdom? Well, it goes beyond a sense of justice that's beyond uh, you know, legalism. It, it, it's about upholding dignity. It's about upholding value uh, and the rights of every individual, especially the marginalized. And, th and all of that is a very, there's, that can be unpacked, okay? The marginalized, those that are, are um, you know, where there's justice and dignity that needs to be there, it, it, that can be unpacked into a huge thing. And that's where we get into some issues and some problems. But we still have to be that for every individual, it's about having compassion and, a, and, and, and an empathetic response to those in need and being the person that is other-centered. We are to be about others. And when we live these principles up, we become attractive. The faith becomes attractive. Jesus Christ, his example becomes attractive. People are drawn to a community where they find fairness, where they find compassion, where they find unconditional love. Uh, it's a powerful thing. Um, when our actions are speaking louder than our words, because we can say it. And it's tough, because we may know the right thing, but doing it is so difficult. Sometimes you've got to pick something. Pick, pick something and work on that. And, and God will, he will honor that. If you truly want to do that. How do we reflect this kingdom practically? Well, I mean, there's so many different ways, but um, evaluate how you use your time how you use your resources, your talents, um, your finances, and seek out opportunities to help others, to lift others up. Engage in the church. Engage in the community, contributing to this culture here that, that embodies justice and embodies mercy. Allow your actions to be a testimony of who Jesus Christ is. Your life can be an unbelievable, powerful tool to draw others to know Jesus Christ. 
And we sometimes get in the way of that because of our own stuff. This is not a theoretical concept. A whole bunch of theologians didn't sit around and go, hey, here's a really good idea. Let's put these things together and, uh, you know, let's, let's just be loving and, and that. No, it's, it's actually a practical calling that we have to do. Even within our own suffering, even within everything that we do, that, that, that we're struggling with, we still have to be compassionate and loving to others. How we live that out is so important. The church, when it lives out these virtues, it becomes more than a religious gathering. It becomes more than a legion club. It becomes more, you know, than the little guys on the bicycles riding around in a parade. It becomes more than that. It becomes a living testimony of who Jesus Christ is. It's the image of God. And in a world that has so much injustice, that has so much cruelty and indifference, we need to be Christians that are reflecting God's character. And that's going to take some work. That's going to take some time. Uh, but no better time to start than today if there's areas in our life we need to work on. And when we are other-centered, when we are focusing on others, um, because of our commitment to justice, mercy, and love, we will be a magnet for those that want to know who Jesus Christ is. So I want to challenge you today. As we said last week, James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word so that you, you deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. And if we do that, all these other things are going to work out. Doesn't mean we won't have trials. Doesn't mean we won't have difficulties. But as we go through those difficulties and trials, we will be an example for others. We will speak into other people's lives. They will see who Jesus Christ is because of how we handle things. Because how we do. Will you make mistakes? Guaranteed. Will you mess up? Yes, regularly. But own it. Own it. And get back on track. And become more Christ-like in everything you do. It's a big task. I wish I could say it's going to be easy. I wish I could say I got it nailed down to a T. I don't. Uh, and I'll be the first to tell you that, especially when I'm tired. I'm not too Christ-like when I'm sleepy and grumpy. But we need to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, help us not to just read your word. Help us not to just... Hear what you have to say, but help us to practically do it. Help us to go out and be Christ-like, be who you've asked us to be. Let us let go of bitterness and anger, and let us grab on to love. Let us grab on to kindness. Help us as we continue to be stretched in ways we never thought we would be stretched. Thank you that you love us so much that you're willing to work with us no matter where we're at in our lives. Thank you. We pray everyone has a great week. Bless them as they go in their separate directions. May they be an example to all who they encounter in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. Remember, Christ-like, wherever we are, um, I hope you are a great example everywhere you go. And when you don't feel like it, pray. God bless you. Have a great week.